0: Good evening and welcome to the beautiful historic marionette theater tonight we're going to be discussing a mid-60s drama romance based upon a novel and uh, we broke some barriers and we brought up some relevant topics and now we're going to revisit that conversation so please take your seats the Show is about to begin. Well, hello, Mister. <laughs> Good evening.
1: How are you? So well. Here we are at the Marionette Theater in the balcony, awaiting to screen this movie. And uh, well, that's a nice spring night. It is.
0: We made it through another week, and I, uh, I think. Mother Nature, I you know uh, she, normally she just wakes up a little slowly and gradually. I think somebody gave her a shot of espresso in her IV because oh.
1: she woke up with a vengeance this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have no doubt we're going to have more snowstorms to come. <laughs> you know, I mean it's way too early to to not have those. But anyways, uh it's certainly been a nice treat, and I hear uh, that that our own Gertie uh, was up there on the roof of uh, the theater sunbathing today. That's how warm it was. (laughs) Well, you know, I was going to say
0: one thing I'm grateful for with it being warmer weather is that the bus is running again here in Spud's Flats. Now, I know what you're thinking. Spud's Flats is not big enough to have a bus, and you're technically right. It's actually Gertie's nephew. He rehabilitated a retired ice cream truck and he painted it <laughs> to look like a bus. <laughs> so when you hear Pop Goes the Weasel, that's actually the town bus coming by to pick <laughs> Gertie.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, wise guys, I'm not sure how much I appreciate that. I just want you to know, I could have been in this movie tonight, A Patch of Blue. I'm telling you right now, I could have been cast in the Shelly Winters role. I don't know why that never happened. And I'm very disturbed about it. Anyways, I'll go downstairs and do the intro.
0: And take your blonde wig
1: with you, Miss Winters. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Well, you know what, DJ? She really would have been good. In the role of Shelly
0: Winters. (laughs) I mean, I had the duck a couple of times coming in because I was late. She was about to pop me one.
1: (laughs) Seriously.
0: All right, folks. The uh, the lady of the house is on the stage and we're ready. I'm waiting. Okay.
1: There she goes. Selena is a young woman whose blindness has left her a servant of her dysfunctional family. One fateful afternoon, she encounters a young man while sitting under a tree in the park. Gordon treats her with kindness and dignity, things she's not familiar with at home. Before long, they're spending more time together, and the milk of human kindness lures Selina from the toxic well. Well. Can Gordon help her find her way toward a better life? Will Selena learn she deserves more? Grab a picnic basket and a trench coat. It might rain. It's time for a patch of blue with Sydney Poitier and Shelley Winters. Hit it, boys!
2: What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies. And a smidgen of
0: screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host DJ and Tommy. Oh yes, sir spring is technically uh just a day or so away and we've already wait wait wasn't
1: today the first
0: day of spring or am i wrong i don't know i, mean, I think on the calendar it says it's the 20th so i
1: think right. it's like
0: sunday could be well, i mean it's it's a little confusing because of course we do that little weird thing where we change our clocks and oh
1: that yeah yeah <laughs> you know i don't know there's a lot of fuss about that but i I, mean, I don't know about you, but it's just like it just—it never bothers me. I don't know what all the fuss is about, but okay, whatever.
0: Yeah, it's only a, a an issue if you, um, you know, work for a big company and you're all over the place. I once worked for a hotel company, and it's just like, what time is it locally there? <laughs> oh well, I guess
1: that would okay. That would matter. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh
1: wait a minute. What is Tammy Hash Hash Browns? Is that Shelly Winters back in the day? Woo. Oh, boy. In the chat Look at her. We've
0: got some pictures being shared. And uh, Miss Shelly Winters is in her pinup girl stage. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Oh, boy. So, you know, if you're listening to the podcast version, we have a whole lot of fun. Here at the Marionette, and it's it's all done sort of virtually. You can join us in our chat room and Discord, and you can even see us on
1: YouTube because you know I I do funny things and uh ah, he does he does folks, and, and you know really it's a lot of fun every first and third uh Friday of the month like clockwork, uh, we do this live and uh did you how, how people, people wanted to join us like how do how they do it what do they do what do they got to do
0: well the easiest way if you could spell it is go to matinee dot um you know uh there's actually a link in our show notes to go there and um you know even if you misspell it you'll find our show just uh spell matinee correctly you know i don't expect you to to know the whole alphabet there but um well
1: then they then they get then they got to spell minutiae correctly
0: oh god i mean you get a gold star for effort if you <laughs> yeah <get it. laughs> but uh you know you you land yourself on our page and there's a link for youtube if you want to see our videos because not only are we live but all of our library is online you can it's like you know revisiting your favorite reruns but Thank uh you. You can uh, enter our chat room by clicking on the Discord logo, which looks kind of like a game controller or a, a face mask. You're sitting and, there, either. Right yeah, and then there's that little tower logo there, the Univaz Network, our, our family of shows, Unique Voices and Podcasting. You can listen to our show when we're live, such as a night like tonight.
1: There you go. And uh, speaking of the chat room, tonight with us is our friends, Aunt Tudor. Uh, your hubby, Billy Starsage, our good friend, Maren Gertz, and our buddy old pal, none other than Tommy Hashbrowns. Thanks, y'all, for being here now live in our chat room. Well, here we go. Okay. Let's play <laughs> that doggone trailer All right, A patch of blue.
0: This came out in December of 65, folks. So think back to then. And this is a, a little preview of what was to come.
2: A patch of blue is destined to be talked about wherever motion pictures are discussed. You're safe now. Don't cry. (laughs) A patch of blue introduces an exciting new star, Elizabeth Hartman, in the sensitive, glowing story of a blind girl's discovery of a world she has never before known. Here. I brought you a present. Take it. Put them on.
3: It's glasses.
4: Not quite. They're sunglasses. There,
2: just as I thought. What? Now you're a very pretty girl.
3: Oh, you're pulling my leg.
2: (laughs) No, I mean it. This is also the story of a young man who helps her, a refreshing characterization by Sidney Poitier with all the warmth and humor of his Academy Award performance in Lilies of the Field.
3: It's ringing.
2: (laughs) In contrast, shock drama stems from the violent emotional impact of the girl's home life. Provoked by Shelley Winters as the wanton mother.
3: You stay out of this one, you stupid old drunk.
2: And Wallace Ford as the dissolute grandfather. A Patch of Blue is also a story of rare understanding cannot go on living the way you are. It's a dark age story.
4: I don't know what else I can do. Well,
2: there must be some way. A film with something to say, and it says it with humor, mounting excitement, dripping suspense, and unforgettable entertainment.
1: Well, DJ, if this movie had gripping suspense, I must have missed it. But, anyways, it has let's not say gripping dispense. It just had suspense. A little bit of a little bit of suspense. There you go.
0: I mean, it was a little bit like a soap opera where you wondered how late did she get to stay out.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh my god. Well, anyways, DJ, let's see now this movie was way back in 65 jeepers creepers that was a long time ago just kind of let us know what in the jeebus was going on in the world in 65
0: oh the world in history of 1965 a lot of things happened then first american combat troops arrived in vietnam 3500 marines oh it was the beginning Two civil rights marches were held in Alabama between the towns of Selma and Montgomery. There were 525 demonstrators led by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And the Voting Rights Act of 1965 was signed into legislation by President Johnson. It was, the o- it was only the second civil rights law signed in since the Reconstruction, which was the uh, the years following the Civil War to rebuild the South. This was considered one of the most far-reaching pieces of civil rights legislation in U.S. history at a time.
1: Okay, and folks, just just know, this was happening when this movie was released, so just know that.
0: Let's see here now. Uh, Among the other things occurring in 65, Hurricane Betsy. No, that's not your old friend from high school. It was a hurricane that hit the shores near New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, brought in winds of 145 miles an hour now. and oh. that In 65, it caused 76 deaths. So, you know, we were keeping track of things starting then. And um, mm. it, uh, it caused 1.42 a billion with a B in damage. Yikes. Now, this storm is the first hurricane to cause that much in unadjusted damages, giving it the nickname billion dollar Betsy. Oh, my
1: God. I've never heard that.
0: Okay. And it's the last major hurricane to strike New Orleans until Hurricane Katrina, so oh. 30 years later. Oh, Lord, Katrina. Oh, Lord. Mm. All righty. So the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD, you know, that that uh, charity organization that President Carter still does work for? Well, they began operation in 65 well, you know, all those years ago. And of course, uh, you know, he's in his 90s, but he can still uh, hammer a nail. The uh, New York's World's Fair at Flushing Meadows uh, closes. And due to financial losses, some of the projected state or site park improvements failed to materialize. So they didn't rake in enough Joe to pay for the venue.
1: Now, and, and, and we don't do that anymore, do we? Do we have a New York World? world's fair anymore i don't think well, so world's fair
0: travels so i think it's been in more international locations but i i can't tell you when the last one was held okay uh let's see now due to uh, let's see moving forward uh, <laughs> now here's a thing st yeah. louis now miss Shelley winters was from the great state of Missouri. oh that's right and uh in st louis her hometown the 630 foot tall parabolic, big word, steel gateway arch is completed. So oh, iconic. That, all those postcards from St. Louis? Well, yeah. they didn't finish building it until 65. So uh, rounding out 1965 in history, mm. in 65, uh, the great Northeast blackout. Several U.S. Ooh. states included Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and New York. So a lot of New England. Yeah. Uh, New Jersey and parts of Canada were hit by a series of blackouts li- lasting up to thirteen
1: oh, and a half hours. Lots of babies were conceived uh, that weekend.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: All
0: right. And so, Toppy, uh, the the
1: the more fun part of history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, the celebrity births, folks. 1965, uh, Jesse Jackson Jr. Believe it or not. Uh, african-american politician oh old horse face oh <laughs> no i shouldn't have said listen i don't believe she's a horse face at all i really don't i don't know why people call her that sarah jessica parker oh ferris bueller's yeah. wife yeah actress and hocus pocus you know sex in the city that's the current series uh, going on right now uh, yeah, she was born in, in 65. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., you know, actor, you know, Iron Man in the Marvel Comics universe, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Alec Mapa. I don't, it, yeah, uh, Filipino American actor, comedian, writer. Uh, he, he He's in that ugly Betty or she, they are. OK, they are in that ugly Betty and Transamerica love story thingy. That's going on right now, uh, DJ. Th- mm-hmm. This is always a curiosity. Yes, sir. Uh, patch of Blue comes out in uh, December tenth, nineteen sixty-five. But what what is was going on in the theatres to compete with
0: it? All righty. So as Toppy was saying, a patch of blue came out in sixty-five, but it was the tail end of sixty-five. It was basically the holidays. If, if you can imagine, and um, you know, there's there's nothing about the holidays that this film uh, covers. But you know, we didn't always plan our movies to come out during the 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 times of the year that you're watching it. No, wow. they weren't filming Christmas movies in June then. I guess, I but don't. Um, you know, uh, the other some of the uh, notable films that came out in '65 that that might have provided a little competition for A Patch of Blue, a little included, bit the number one film which uh brought in
3: 163 uh, million dollars
0: it popularized wearing upholstery fabric uh the sound of music with julie anders and of course mr christopher Plummer, based upon a true story uh let's see number two i i haven't seen this but i know that it's a it was a Best-selling novel for oh. a long time. DJ,
1: the- I haven't seen it either.
0: Oh, well, that means one thing. We're meant to go down that dark alley one day. At 111... No, he million-
1: didn't say what it was.
0: <laughs> I'm about to. Dr. At 111 Shavago. million, number two in the box office in 65 was Dr. Zhivago. Now, Starring Omar Sharif julie christie and then this is the sci-fi reference for tonight mr alec guinness who was of course obi-wan in the star wars universe okay and uh running bringing up the the tale here some of the uh, other films that came out in 65 that uh, might have been closer to a patch of blues realm because uh you know, it, it wasn't a, a, a smash success. Might have paid for craft services, but Thunderball. This was uh, the fourth movie with the 007 James Bond mm-hmm. character starring Sean Connery. Brought in $63 million. now Now, um, as I was saying, A Patch of Blue, it didn't really place in the top of the box office. But um, no. some of the other films that came out around that time of the year uh, in December was a film that came out called The Spy Who Came In From the Rain. And uh, this was a film with Richard Burton and it was directed by the future director of that very well known Sally Fields movie, Norma Ray.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, so. I'm la- DJ, I'm laughing hmm? because folks in the chat room are posting outrageous pictures of Shelly Winner. And oh. they're making they're making me laugh. well i'll
0: i'll add to it here's one from the poseidon adventure you don't see shelly in it but she's a very skinny lady in the water i hear yeah all righty so uh let's see spy who came in from the rain probably placed somewhere near the uh story for patch of blue and then uh one less than uh spy who came in from the rain was a film called the train and uh, this starred Burt Lancaster. It brought in $6.8 million. And it was by the director of the Manchurian Candidate. And later in, I think it was the 90s, a very popular film with, uh, I believe, Val, Kimmel, Val Kilmer. Say that three times fast. The Island of Dr. Moreau.
1: I'm late enough. There's been many remakes of the Island of Dr. Doctor per- uh, Moreau in the last 40 years. Uh, but yes, Val Kilmer. <laughs> Phil Kilmer, and uh, an unknown actor by the name of, uh, what's his name? (laughs) Oh, Lordy, come on. The guy that starred in, oh, never mind. Anyways, uh, okay, (laughs) let's move on because (laughs) I'm having a brain fart. Uh Uh, Let's go on to the director of this lovely Lovely movie we're talking about tonight, A Patch of Blue. This was a film adapted and directed by a guy named Guy Green. And he took it from a 1961 book that was entitled Be Ready with Bells and Drums by a writer by the name of Elizabeth Cotta. She was from Australia the book uh, later won a, a writers guild of america award it, it got quite a bit of recognition it was a popular novel and uh, the rights were scooped right up in no time at all guy green uh, is a an english film director producer screenwriter and cinematographer and uh, his, he's actually born with the name of Guy Mervyn Charles Green, which I just love. First of all, if your name is Guy, I love you. If, if you've got a name, Guy Mervyn, I love you even more. Anyways, he, he, he was born in 1913 in Froome, Somerset, England. And I love this. I love this guy's career because it was long. And he started at the very bottom as a clabbered boy in 1929. He's the guy that would stand in front of the camera with that wooden thing with the, the hinge on it. And he'd go, scene 25, clap. The clabbered guy. Yeah, that's how he started and uh, by the by the time of 1929 he was he was promoted to being a camera operator there you go well this eventually led to him becoming because he he learned on the job folks it led to him becoming a full fledged cinematographer how good was he I'll tell you. In 1948, he won an Oscar mm-hmm. as the cinematographer for the film *Great Expectations*. Uh, he got many awards. In 2002, uh, 2002, he was given a lifetime achievement award by the British Academy of Film and Television Arts. In 2004, he was named an official. Uh, an officer of the Order of the British Empire for his lifetime contributions to British cinema. So, back in 1955, uh, uh, Green switched from cinematography to directing, and uh, he he eventually uh, to to uh, promote his, his uh, career, moved to Hollywood in 1962. And that's about uh, a little bit later, he would direct A Patch of Blue. Um, and uh, Green also wrote and co-produced A Patch of Blue. So this was his baby patch of blue was Guy Green's baby. Uh, And as a matter of fact, uh, after he passed away, his widow told uh, news organizations that a patch of blue was her husband's proudest achievement. And that's what we're talking about right now, uh, tonight. And uh, Guy Green had over... 58 films uh, that he was featured in in as either a writer or a cinematographer or a director 58 films in his lifetime
0: wow all righty sir well um we we have a moment here before we uh take a, a brief break but, um, you know, this was uh, 65 this came out. So this uh, was timed kind of perfectly for the civil rights movement that was, you know, just around the corner. Now, of course, later on, we're going to talk about the fact that there was a, a different ending to the story that was in the book compared to the movie. And I, I'd like to say, I think that probably the the ending in the book that we'll get to. Wouldn't have worked as well, considering the events that had happened in history uh, when this film was released. So the book, of course, came out a few years, probably a number of years before, because back then, you know, you didn't go right from the the supermarket shelf to the silver screen. It's usually the reverse now. So um, that's true. That's right you know, a popular movie will get turned into a book because they never thought anyone would actually crack open a book and read it. (laughs) Oh, Brady. Well, we are going to step on over here to the refreshment stand. No. And, uh, you know, I think in honor of tonight's show, we're going to have a little something with pineapple.
1: What? Why is that an honor? Oh, no. No, I do.
3: Actually. For a
0: moment in the park, give me some, Yeah. Give me one of those drinks with the paper umbrella.
3: Oh. Uh,
1: by the way, <laughs> did you notice the packaging that pineapple juice came in? Wasn't that curious?
0: Oh, that was very period specific. Yeah. You know, we don't have things like that now. No,
1: that was an odd paper container.
0: And uh, you know, everything's plastic with foil and it would have gotten crumpled up in the trash.
1: Anyways, Elizabeth Hartman Made pineapple juice famous. Not really. But anyways. Okay, I'll shut up now.
0: Okay, so this is an interview with Mr. Sidney Poitier, the star of tonight's film. This is from 1985, so it is a number of years later. However, he's talking about the beginning of his career with the host of Good Morning America.
4: Arrived in New York. I had three bucks. I had no friends, no family, no relations, no addresses. I knew no one. I got off at the bus station of 50th Street and 8th Avenue. I'm walking up and down Broadway. I am absolutely, I am transfixed by the lights and the traffic and the people. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So I walked up and down Broadway from 42nd Street to 50th Street, back to 42nd, back to 50th, just marching up and down. In the meantime, I'm buying hot dogs and malted milks. In no time, I'm busted. (laughs) 15 years old, surviving on your own on the street in New York. How did you survive? Okay. In the window, there's a sign. It says relief dishwasher wanted. And I went down there and they put me to work. Not only did they put me to work, they were paying four bucks a night. And I could eat for three meals. So when I finished the first night's work, I went to the bus station. Got my little valise out intending not to spend my $4 as I spent my $3. I went to sleep in the toilet. Used to be pay toilets in the, and it cost a nickel. So I put a nickel in the thing and I got in, I put down the seat. I sat there, put my feet up against the door and I would sleep. Uncomfortably needless to say. Okay. Negro Theater Company. Oh. First job. How'd you get it? What'd you say? What'd you do? How'd you audition? The black newspaper in Harlem. I would always go there when I needed to find a job as a dishwasher. I'm looking in the paper on such a day, and the opposite page was the theatrical page. And there was a streamer over an article that said actors wanted. There was a small theater, and the theater group was called the American Negro Theater Group. I went in, and the gentleman, a wonderful man, said to me he i didn't think he was so wonderful then he said to me what can i do for you i said i came as a response of that thing about actors he said oh he said you're an actor i said yes of course I he said okay he said here he gave me a script first time i had seen such a thing and i started to read like this so i want you to that's about as far as i got and He flashed into anger because it was really quite disrespectful. Now, in retrospect, he came up on the stage and he snatched the book and he says, come on, get out of here. And he took me to the door. And as he tossed me out, he said something that changed my whole life. He said, stop wasting people's time. Why don't you go out and get yourself a job as a dishwasher or something? And as I walked, to the corner of 7th Avenue and 135th Street, I wondered how could he have known that dishwashing is what I did? (laughs) And if, in fact, I am now to be forever pigeonholed as a dishwasher. By the time I reached the corner, I had resolved that I would, in order to fashion an escape hatch for myself, I would become an actor, only to prove that I was not just destined to be a dishwasher. And that was an interview with uh, Good Morning
1: America host David Hartman from nineteen eighty five. Well, I got to tell you, folks, we you know are doing a show. To just understand Sidney Poitiers' life and history would take an hour show of its own. Um, and, and of course we, we can't do that here, but I honestly, if you there's been a couple documentaries about him, there's been an awful lot lot, lot written about him. He's led a fascinating and distinguished life. And uh, DJ, what do we got to say about him in specific to this movie? All righty. So, Mr. Sidney
0: Poitier, he uh, was born and raised in the Bahamas. And uh, as you heard part of in the interview here, he came to the U.S. Uh, at the age of 15. He began acting in the 50s. Now, by the time A Patch of Blue came out in 65, this was his 23rd film.
3: Mm.
0: Not his fifth or his sixth, but his 23rd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his film just before Apache of Blue, because he was busy in 65, was a film with Anne Bancroft and Telly Savalis called A Slender Thread. And his film after Apache of Blue was called Duel at Diablo. And this is uh, a film in 66 with James Garner and Dennis Weaver. So, you know, if Toppy hasn't seen it, those are a couple of reasons to catch it. There you go. uh, (laughs) In the five years that would follow A Patch of Blue, so, you know, the mid 70s or mid 60s going into the 70s, Poitier would appear in six films, including the very well received and very infamous. Guess who's coming to dinner with Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, one of my dad's favorite actresses. And uh, one of my reasons for seeing that classic. Uh, and- uh, wait a minute.
1: Uh, uh, Catherine Hepburn was his yeah. favorite. Yes. Or one- Spencer I- Tracy.
0: Catherine Hepburn. Okay. okay. And then uh, Poitier retired from acting more recently, of course, in 2002. Now, of course, uh, one of the reasons we're discussing this film tonight is in, uh, in honor and in memory of Mr. Poitier because he passed earlier in this year at the age of 94. So he had a long life and he held 55 acting credits to
1: his career. Which, which if you know other actors, uh, by the way, Poitier is considered like one of the last actors that was involved in the old. Hollywood system Uh, and if anybody knows you know uh, most actors involved in that just churned the movies out churned the movies out and had like you know Betty Davis a million actors well uh, Sidney Poitier was uh, was able to be a little bit choosier and so after uh, you know at the age of 94 And 55 acting credits. Well, that's because he carefully chose his projects. And he had to because of his involvement in uh, activism and uh, politics. And he had to very carefully choose what he would be in. And in fact, I think that kind of led to him sort of retiring from acting and going into re- directing. I, th- I think that may have been part of it. And of course, as a director, you would know like his most successful movie as the Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor movie. Um well, is slipping my mind, DJ. What well, the there, hell is it called? There a couple of them. Was it Silver Streak? <laughs> the, first, the first one first one they did
0: oh goodness oh we've got a chat room poll i can do a quick look see here see so gene wilder and richard pryor
1: stir crazy that's what it was okay yeah that's what it was well a stir crazy was crazy uh, popular and uh, Poitiers directed that. He directed many movies. Anyways, let's talk about Shelly Winters, who had a juicy, juicy role. In A Patch of Blue. Oh, she did it so well. She was, oh, we loved, oh, we loved to hate her in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Well, she was born, like you said, in St. Louis. Louis. <laughs> uh, and she began acting in the mid-40s. Her breakout role was in uh, 1949 in The Great Gatsby. She did that with Alan Ladd and Betty Field. And uh, she was a supporting character. And uh, uh, Wonders won a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for her role as Miss Van Dan in George Stevens' film adaptation of The Diary of Anne Frank in 1959. By the way, she donated that award, that statuette, that Oscar, to the Anne Frank house in Amsterdam. In the five years after A Patch of Blue, winners would star in nine films, including Alfie with Michael Caine, the three sisters with Geraldine Page, and of course, her most iconic role as Belle, the swimmer heroine. In the 1972 film The Poseidon Adventure, when her passed in 2006 at the age of 85, she had 162 acting credits.
0: Oh, goodness, you know, Toppy, you were saying that you just love to hate her in this role as Roseanne mm. in uh, Patch of Blue now because. Uh, Shelly Winters was such an activist. She sort of had a, a conflict, a, a, you know, a, a crisis of faith, because she didn't really want to play the character of Roseanne, who hmm. was a capital B. But she did it well, so of course she oh. won uh, the award for this part. But... Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, and that, of course, uh, of course, this was the the mama. Of the film, the Shelley Winters there is Roseanne, the toughest nail lady who, uh you know, ruled from her corner of the one bed, the one room apartment, not, not even a one bedroom.
1: I'm not even sure what the <laughs> hell that set was
3: <laughs>
1: bedroom implies there's a door. That was have- a that was a great set. Uh And boy, this was a well, you know. And uh, these folks uh, didn't have too much money. Let's put it that way.
0: You know, and it, I could imagine just given the limited sets that
1: this could very easily be performed as a play. So, yes. By the way, note when we go to Sydney Poitier's apartment, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Gordon's apartment. Uh, very different. A lot of space. It's very clean. It's very orderly very different from what poor um, Selena has to endure at home in that filthy apartment that she lived for years with no education.
0: You know, honestly, as I watch this movie, because of course, as you watch any film, you can't just assume you know when the story takes place, especially if you're watching a classic like this. But I honestly, I wasn't sure what time period this was supposed to be set in because of the living conditions of the family that's the main Uh, story.
1: Interesting,
0: yeah. So until we actually get to see Gordon's apartment, Sidney Poitier's character... Oh, and he
1: he says... I. Uh, 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 Selena says, "Oh, it's so cool in here." He says he's got air conditioning, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and of course, his his brother is um, an intern. He wants to be a doctor, so you know they're they're both uh, very career mo- uh, or motivated oriented because they they uh, always are wearing button down shirts with ties when we see them throughout the film, yeah. so.
1: which is. Uh, there was a faction, you know, where that's still the way people dressed mm-hmm. um, uh, formally. Uh, that was still going. Uh, let's talk about our, our uh, other main character, DJ, yeah. Elizabeth Hartman. Oh, right. And sure. this is special because A Patch of Blue was her very first role. Yeah, so um, following the mama, going
0: to the daughter, the main character here, Elizabeth Hartman played Selena,
1: the, the blind woman in the Right, film. and Shelly Winters, her whole life, Selena thought her name was Selena, mm-hmm. because that's the way she heard it from her mother. Selina, do this. Selina, do that. And it wasn't until she met Gordon that she learned her name wasn't Selena. It was Selena.
0: Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Hartman, who played Selena, was born in the Buckeye State, Ohio. Boom. Now she began acting in youth theater, which is uh, what uh, gave her the opportunity to be discovered. And A Patch of Blue was her first film role. In fact, there's a darling little short film out there that you can find on YouTube, which was probably put on the DVD release on the anniversary restoration called A Cinderella Named Elizabeth. And uh, it's it's the director's introduction to the career of this young woman. Now, she would star in four films over the next five years, including in 66 with Candice Bergen and Larry Hagman, of all people, the group. And then in uh, 66 also was a film with uh, Geraldine Page and Rip Torn. You're a big (laughs) boy now. Now, uh, by the 70s, young Elizabeth Hartman was finding more work in television. Her final film role that was live action. So the last time she was in front of the camera was a role in a film in 81 called Full Moon High. Now, there is a cult following on this top because it's so, sort of a low-budget horror movie, and it stars the likes of Jim J. Bullock. Of course, everyone knows him from Too Close for Comfort in Hollywood Squares. Uh, Mr. Alan Arkin, who, of course, was in that that, um, that in laws movie that we watched last year. Ed McMahon from The Tonight Show and... Uh, you know, uh, happy days. Uh, the uh, origin story. Pat Marina. <laughs> so that what was the little, hell?
1: What the hell was that
0: movie? All oh about goodness! I mean, you know, <sighs> you the money and run because Mr. Marina was also in um, a shady film that had uh, Julie Andrews and uh, I want to see Mary Tyler Moore. I don't. Oh, know. I'm forgetting the I name don't right know. now. I oh, don't oh, know. thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly modern Millie. Do you not? Okay. I know oh, okay. he's gone now and I have nothing but admiration for his career, but the man <laughs> took the money and run and said, no, this isn't racist. You can let these Asian people be dressed oh. like this and addressed that way. But anyways, that's Elizabeth oh. Hartman, young star who we lost far too young. She had depression and um, chose not to, to, to uh, be with us anymore after the eighties
1: there. So yeah, a sad, sad ending. But I'll tell you what, DJ. She I'm con- considering this was her first movie, wasn't she? Brilliant in a patch of blue.
0: Oh, she was terrific. She, you know, was very spirited, and she very much got into the role. Of course, the short film taught you that part of her character research was she went to a school for the blind. But- yeah. You know it, it was it was very convincing that she was living the life of this person absolutely you know she who didn't know joy she only knew
1: servitude and and one of the things you know this movie did very well was show you how a blind person lived uh there she was taking care of that crappy apartment her mother and old pa lived in. And she would iron, and there were little things that you would see throughout the whole movie of how she did these things instinctively, no one obviously nobody taught her. it's just how she learned on the you know on the go and it 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 really well showed how a blind woman. In this destitute position that she was in, with no education, you know, might function.
0: Hmm. And you know, speaking of how um, I wasn't sure what period this was set in until we got to see Gordon's apartment. Mm-hmm. Part of that reality that set in also sort of infuriated me because. Oh. Once I learned that she wasn't living during the Great Depression. Oh, okay. You know, and there were modern conveniences in this world. And the fact that this young woman's uh, contribution to her family was stringing beads. Yeah. It, it, when uh, she would es- basically escape to the park because they didn't want her leaving home. They wanted to... Re- her at their beck and call so once yeah. she realize that not everybody lives the way that she does you realize that there's something wrong because her family is holding her back
1: yeah she doesn't discover this at all i mean she has no idea except for the radio she knows that on the radio the voices she hears are very different from the voices in her real life. And she comments on that later. She tells Gordon, Oh, you sound like you're on the radio. And it's because he's literate, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, he doesn't have somebody in his household who's browbeating him all day.
1: Right. So good. Goodness gracious. Uh, oh, so many amazing things about. Um, pieces of this movie i i read uh, so you know the <clears throat> you know the uh the the dramatic thunderstorm scene where she's at the tree mm-hmm. and the thunderstorm comes around and and she goes into hysterics mm-hmm. and i think some people think like wow that's way over the top you know what's the big deal what's her problem you know it's, it's a thunderstorm uh, but I read very recently a story written by um, uh, the blind and deaf personality from. Um, why? It's terrible getting old, DJ. <laughs> terrible. No, the, 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 the blind and deaf woman who was mutant. Oh, Helen, Keller? Wah, wah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Helen Keller? And she went wah-wah. Oh, yeah. Helen Keller. Keller. Well, she wrote something about an experience in her life, which was she had this tree that she was very familiar with, and she could climb it. She could climb way up that damn tree because she was so familiar with it but she was in that tree one day when a thunderstorm came through and the rain and the and the uh, just came over the tree and because her whole experience was tactile uh she could not get down from that tree she she didn't recognize the tree anymore and so that scene in the patch of blue when she's caught in that thunderstorm uh i feel like she her tactile experience was erased by the storm and i can accept her hysterics you know it makes sense to me Mm -hmm. and um it's a very dramatic scene, uh, and Sydney Poitier's Gordon uh, swoops in and rescues her. It's it's so wonderful, so wonderful, and takes her to a shelter where she just shakes and shivers until you know she she dries off a little bit. It's an amazing sequence.
0: You know, and I also think that, um, you know, while what you said has merit, because you, you're you basing it from the experience of somebody who's walked in those shoes, you know, somebody who's blind, Miss Helen Keller. Um, I, I also feel that, that at that point in the film, when she's in the park, she's experienced the other side of life, where she's been to Gordon's apartment. She's seen how other people treat each other outside of her home, and she's spending this time in the park because the only way she can be helped home is by waiting for her drunkard grandfather to walk through and it's her turning point she she realizes that she's much more helpless than she should be for a girl of her age she's no longer a child and i think it's also a, a, a you know a, a part of a breakdown which she does also have at home too because nobody was going to show her to the park although mm. you know Gordon did teach her some survival skills for lack of a better term he taught her how to navigate the street to find
1: the crosswalk yeah and her first attempt failed but she did a second attempt and, and she got there mm-hmm. um oh gee there's so many good moments in this movie um let's uh, let me help you pick
0: one topic because yeah please miss this might be something that our 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 chat room uh, might pick up on now if you haven't had a chance to catch a patch of blue it's available a few places now i caught it on hbo max which is hbo's new streaming offer but you also have an option to rent it on youtube i believe
1: that's Uh, how i watched it yeah
0: and, you know, if you're lucky and you're you you you're like hubby and I, you, you um, troll the thrift stores, a lot of times you can find classic films because who wants physical media these days? Well, the the Library of Congress is knocking on my door because I got myself. <laughs> but anyways, there is a, a, a very charming moment when Selena has been invited to Gordon's house, his apartment, because they've just gone grocery shopping and they need to drop off a few things. And she discovers the music box on the bookcase. And of course, there's a a little bit of a story involved with that, because later on, uh, you know, Gordon and Selena have a conversation about the history of the music box and where it came. Did you did you want to reflect on that? Because I I know I mentioned to you behind the (coughs) scene behind the, the curtain here that I didn't pick up on a subtle thing about that music box until the second time i watched it what what did he tell her about it it was it was it was his grandmother's right
1: it was his grandmother's but it was given to her by a man that that she loved but ultimately was deferred from um it didn't work out, and it was because this man was from a different country or a different place, as Poitier suggested. They were, they were, they were two people of a of a different place. Something like that, that he said, mm-hmm. and I think it suggested that perhaps um, his mother and his father were uh, racially. Uh, 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 different. Uh, I don't know. That's not a very good way to say it, but mm-hmm. perhaps um, his mother was black and perhaps his father was white or vice versa. I'm not sure.
0: Because it, it happens that it's sort of an important part of the story where Gordon has not admitted to Selena that he's different. And Selena picks up on it because her mother sees them in the park. And she calls him the N word, of course. But yeah. Selena does not let on to Gordon that she knows that he's different until later. So uh, it's important because as Gordon's telling Selena about the music box and his grandmother, he explains that the the man who gave her the music box is not his grandfather. So it was kind of maybe the one who got away. But right. it just sort of fore- it just sort of foreshadows the fact that history is repeating itself where people are people and it doesn't matter what our differences are. People will find common ground, no matter what your background is. True. True. Uh,
1: Just to straighten out what you just said. Mm -hmm. um, Well, I won't go into that. It's very complicated. Right. Uh, But uh, we'll go into the 1961 book, which was originally titled Be Ready with Bells and Drums um, by Elizabeth Cotta. And the novel that inspired this movie and that uh, they culled from very, very heavily uh, <clears throat> is ends quite a bit differently. And, um, and I just want, I just want folks to know how the novel ends compared to the movie. Uh, so it, it all, it all goes very much forth the way the movie goes, but towards the end, Um. Uh, at the park, Selena listens to two women talk. And when they leave, Gordon arrives and he sees her because he, she's just been beaten up by her mother. And Paul, uh, I mean, Gordon takes her to his apartment once again. And his brother, Paul, insists that. Well, you you can't do this. You got to get rid of Selena. And Gordon and Selena tell each other they love each other and they kiss. And Gordon informs her that he is arranging to send her to a special school. And Selena is like elated. She tells Gordon at that moment in the novel she would have been horrified if Roseanne had forced her to sleep with black men. Now, that's the whole part of the plot. The the horrifying thing about her mother is, is that her mother her mother effing forced her daughter into prostitution. Okay, so she says that to Gordon. Uh, that she would have been horrified if Roseanne had forced her to sleep with a black man, and Gordon is hears this and is like, "Whoa," upset, mm. and he doesn't say anything. So they return to the park <clears throat> when Selena falls into some rose bushes, and of course, they've got thorns and prickers, and she's screaming like, "Ow, ow, ow." and gordon rushes to help her and someone in the park shouts stop that get away from her and there's a lot of other people in the park that join in and say stop that get get away from that and in other words black man get away from that innocent white girl And Gordon is driven away by this maddened crowd. And that's the first time in the novel Mm -hmm. that Selena realizes Gordon is black. Hmm. And uh, Selena, she's horrified at herself at that point, at the very end of this novel. And she knows that her time with Gordon is over because of what's happened it's it's tragic it's horrible it's a horrible way to end this novel and but she vows to be better and she eventually finds this girl named pearl that she used to play with in her apartment building and and pearl was a black girl And she was the only girl that ever socialized with her and played with her. And uh, her mother put the kibosh on that because she said, you you ain't playing with that black girl. Stop that right now. And her one only friendship uh, with Pearl ended. And so the, end of the novel as she vows to find Pearl and apologize to her. That's the end of the novel. Very different from how the movie
0: ends. And, you know, the uh, part of that involves the scene in the park that you were just talking about. Now in the film, the, the version that's different uh, hubby watched it with me on the second time I saw it. And he remarked to me how, Um, They made it a point to make the people in the park notice how Shelley Winters' character, the mother, Roseanne, treated her daughter, so that when uh, they, they they changed the ending from the book, and they decided it was the mother who was the horrible person, not
1: Gordon. Yeah. Well there, there, there was one basic thing they had to figure out with the movie compared to the novel which is at the in the novel you don't know until the very end that Gordon is black. Well they couldn't do the movie that way. Oh, it wasn't wow. possible. you knew right away Gordon was black mm-hmm. so they had to totally, come up with something different. And at the end of the movie version, there is a scene where Selena falls into some uh rose bushes just at the moment that her mother and old Pa show up and and say, Oh, stop that man, stop that man, you know. And in the in the movie, the park crowd just goes like huh are you kidding me and they they don't respond in the novel the crowd chases Gordon off because he's a black man in the movie uh, the crowd goes what's the problem what do you why are you? yelling at this black man and woman and there's no response so interesting it's just an interesting uh, difference
0: and you know the, the modern day take on this if they were ever to do a remake not saying that they need to is that the scene in the park takes place and nobody bats an eyelash because no one's going to help them anyway <laughs> 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 so, Toppy, we have uh, reached almost the end of the hour. And we yes, have, we have. We've made our way out here to the lobby. So we're going to talk about films that are uh, maybe similar, have something in common with A Patch of Blue. This is what we call our snack tray. It's what you've got left over when you've finished uh, your favorite thing. So yeah. go first. Um, this is sort of similar to A Patch of Blue in that it involves two people who have different backgrounds. So this is a film from 1990, and it stars one of our favorites that we started this little journey about four years ago. Oh, Jane Fonda? It's Jane Fonda and Mr. Robert De Niro, who uh, I think we recently learned um, was in HBO's first movie, but uh, 1990, Iris and Stanley. And the story is a struggling widow falls in love with an illiterate short order cook whom she teaches to read and write in her kitchen each night from 1990, mm. Iris and Stanley.
1: Is that the movie that has the famous iconic line? Teach me to read. I do believe so. Oh, I don't know. I I think maybe. I don't know. Teach me to read. And what's the oh. answer? Uh, so my recommendation, if you like a patch of blue, Well, by golly, you're really going to love Lilies of the Field, which was the movie Sidney Poitier did just before A Patch of Blue. And it just happened because he was so good. He won an Academy Award for Best Actor. Lizzie's. Lilies of the Field, historic in that way. I mean, for heaven's sakes, for a Black actor to win an Academy Award, historic. But Lilies of the Field, take the movie alone. It was made in 1963. It's kind of a, a comedy. It's kind of a drama. It's really interesting And it tells the story of an itinerant worker uh, portrayed by Sidney Poitier who encounters a group of really interesting East German nuns. And the nuns believe that Sidney Poitier has been sent to them by God to build them a new chapel. And what a story is weaved And certainly well-deserved of an Academy Award. Lilies of the Field is what I recommend if you like a patch of blue. Okay. Alrighty, sir. Well,
0: if you would do me so kind of, take a look over the balcony and let me know
1: who joined us in the chat room tonight. You know, we love our kids that come and join us. Oh, there's a new one that didn't even. Lamont Cranston. Look at him. Uh, He came in. You know what? That Lamont Cranston, he's a New York City person. Woo! Boy, how do you love that? Also, Ant Tudor. And uh, we've got Maren Gertz. And we've got our old pal, Tommy Browns. Listen, folks, uh, it just wouldn't be the same if you weren't here doing the shoe with us live. So thank you so much for showing up. A round
0: of applause for our audience. Wow. Ah okay choppy so the marionette theater it's a uh it's a celebrated building got lots of history and (laughs) a lot of things have been through these doors including a magician could you there and grab that bag of coins for oh oh i'm fondling that bag of coins right now okay so we're going to find out what's coming up next Great, Toppy, let us know what we're going to be watching for our next show. This is going to be Friday, April 1st. So it's the first of the month. The next time we meet up at 9 p.m. Eastern.
1: Yeah. Oh, goodness, uh, folks. It's a big thriller. Oh, you're going to love it. Oh, it's scary. It's thrilling. It's Eye of the Needle. Ooh. A uh, 1981 British suspense spy thriller directed by Richard Marquant and starring, ooh, love him, Donald Sutherland. And, oh, oh, she's so good in this, Kate Nelligan. This movie was written by Stanley Mann. It's based on the 1978 popular novel of the same name, I of the Needle, uh, by Ken Follett. This was a huge deal back then, folks. It's about a German Nazi spy in the United Kingdom during World War II who discovers vital information about the upcoming D-Day invasion and his attempt to return to Germany. But... He is stranded with a family on an isolated storm island off the coast of Scotland. And the intrigue and excitement uh, is evident. I have the needle next time on Matinee Minutia. Okay, and a little advanced notice, folks. I've done some searching and
0: you can watch us on my favorite Ew. service called Tubi T-U-B-I. Oh, excellent, excellent. Catching so on Tubi, folks. Yes, sir. So that'll be Friday, the first of April. All righty, sir. Well, if you would do me the honor, sir, uh, in the ways of the old days of radio, say no. goodnight, Gracie.
1: Oh, good night, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univaspods.net.
0: Click the tower for streaming audio. Enter Discord for our chat room.
1: You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Find us on Twitter at
4: Matinee Minutia. Find our group
1: on Facebook. Or visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Have an idea for a show? Or why not let us know how we're doing? Email us at mattnamanusha at
4: gmail.com. This has been an Ollie Bug production. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We
3: have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univaspods.net.